There's a lot of research to support the usage of trend indicators as simple risk reduction elements that can be layered onto an existing strategy. The trouble, however, was that in the past, investors had to monitor the trend and execute the appropriate trade reversals when the trend changed. With automation, we can now offload this simple portfolio strategy to bots and cleverly define multiple possible trend exits all from one simple automation. This week's podcast walks through the two macro trend bots that we built to show you how you can start leveraging the new automation tools at Option Alpha to trade either stocks or options in a trend. You're listening to the Option Alpha podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you consistently play smarter, more profitable trades. So thank you so much for tuning into today's episode, number 197, and one that I think you're going to really enjoy because we're going to walk through two of the new bots and templates that we built inside of the new auto trading platform that allow you to start interacting with bots using trend decisions. And this is going to be a really cool one to kind of piggyback on some of the other episodes, which we started doing around hedging strategies or using bots in different ways. And what I want to continue to do is just show you some of the ways in which you can use bots to get the creative juices and all of the ideas flowing in your mind, because I know that you guys have a lot of ideas. I know that there's a lot of things you thought the bots could do, or you want the bots to do. And so this is just another example of how you can start to use automation within an existing framework that most people do manually right now, but that you can actually offload to technology. So again, we're going to go through two of these fully automated trend trading bots. One is going to be with stocks. So again, we can trade automated stocks. If you don't want to trade options, you just want to always trade stocks. You can do that as well. And the other one's going to be exactly the same or similar trend trading bot, but now uses options instead of stocks. So if you want to trade the trend of a market, you want to use some sort of trend indicators, then you can do that with options or you could do that with stocks. And I want to go through both of these examples today. All right. And just one quick reminder before we jump into this, but you've got eight days left from the date that this podcast goes live to upgrade to elite level access under the lifetime plan. This is truly the last call on this. We've told people for many months, years, basically, that once we start launching auto trading, you'll have one more shot at getting into lifetime access at the elite level, which is the highest level that we offer, which means that you're grandfathered in for future upgrades and things that we do on the platform, and you won't ever have to pay for elite level access moving forward. And a lot of people have taken us up on this, which is amazing, and we enjoy all those new people in here but I know some people are still on the fence. So if you are on the fence, you have questions, you don't know who to turn to, please shoot us an email, team at Option Alpha, get your questions answered because after the end of this month, the lifetime price goes up and then at the end of next month, it goes away completely. So if you want to get in at the absolute lowest possible price that we're offering it right now, you've got to upgrade in the next eight days. This is it. This is the last call. Everyone's has asked me for so long, you know, when is it going to end? Give me the opportunity to get in. Tell me in advance. And we did, we gave everyone essentially two months to make that decision before we increase the price. And then next month, we're going to completely take it away. We can't offer it moving forward in the future. 
So as always, all of the up-to-date information is on our beta page, beta.optionalpha.com. That has all the FAQs, all the things you need to know. If you have questions, shoot us an email, let us know, message us, tweet at us, whatever, so that we get your question answered. And then if you are interested in upgrading to Elite Lifetime Access, go to optionalpha.com slash lifetime. Again, that's optionalpha.com slash lifetime. All right. So today, like I mentioned, I want to jump into two of these different trend trading bots that you can use. And let me say this before we even jump into the automations and how the rules work and kind of walking through this process. The idea around showing you some of the ways that bots can make decisions and automate your portfolio is truly to give you an idea of how you can use this for your own trading and strategies. This is, of course, not to say that this is the only way to do it. And the beauty of the new auto trading platform that we built here gives you the flexibility to customize all of the indicators, all of the settings, all of the entries to fit what you want to do in your own account. So this is just an example of how you could start to use it. It's generally based on very classic trend trading principles. So it's very applicable to a lot of different strategies or strategies that could be built on top of this, but it shows you a little bit more of the flexibility of things you can do inside of the auto trading platform. So the first one that we're going to go over is what I call macro trend with stocks. And I named this bot just the macro trend with stocks. You can name it whatever you want. Again, you can always name it, change the icon, change the colors of everything, kind of personalize as much as you want. But I've been using this in the demos to show everyone how you can just use a very simple trend trading strategy with stocks. Now, trend trading is nothing new. A lot of people have used trend trading for quite some time. In fact, it's one of the key things that a lot of funds and ETFs and hedge funds use as just a way to reduce risk. And I think one of the more prominent people that use it, at least the ones that I follow is Meb Faber. He uses it as part of his Cambria funds and some of the ETFs. And he's written a couple great white papers, which we'll link up to in the show notes on just the productivity of using trends to reduce risk in the portfolio. And I think the misconception, as far as I can see on trend trading, is not necessarily that trend trading improves performance of the security, it just reduces risk in some cases. You don't participate in all of the downside move, which ultimately means less volatility in the portfolio, quicker recovery times, et cetera. So my goal in building out some of these bots and just using them in the demos, not only with people when we do the live demos, but also today on the podcast, was to show you how you can replicate some of those same mechanics that usually you have to do manually and start to offload those processes to automation. So in the case of this macro trend bot that I'm building right now, I basically gave it one position per day and six positions in total. And that was part of the global settings. Again, you can allocate as much capital as you want to a specific bot. You can give it $1,000 and it can start with a couple shares, right? Like one share per stock. You can do it really, really small. It's truly up to you. In this case, we just gave it say $100,000 since it's a paper trading one. And we just give it an opportunity to trade as much of that capital as we need it to, again, within the confines of one position per day. So it's not entering a bunch of positions every single day and no more than six total positions at a time. Now, in this case, the reason I do six positions is because you could easily build out a pretty diversified set of tickers and just have six core positions in ETFs like SPY, TLT, GLD, EEM, EWW or something, XBI, XRT, XLU. You could just pick a list of six uncorrelated tickers and build out a pretty decent portfolio and again, let the bot completely manage it. As a reminder, you have total control here. So if you want to 
increase the number of tickers or positions that the bot can enter, you can do that. You can also increase the number of positions that it can enter in a single day. So I've just said no more than one position per day, but you could say, you know what, you can do five positions because if the trend changes and you need to get into new positions, so five new positions during the day, you can do that. Now, remember, these are brand new positions that the bot is entering. That doesn't mean that the bot can't remove positions. If I only say, hey, you can only enter one new position per day, but it could still close all of the existing positions that we have if the trend reverses. And we'll talk through that as we continue to go forward. Now, inside of the bot, I set up a very simple automation. And the automation that I have is a scanner, which just continuously looks for an opportunity to get into a position. And the reason I set it up as a scanner, which continuously runs all the time throughout the trading day, is because if there's ever an opening in the portfolio, I want the bot to continue to look for an opportunity to fill that opening. So if I'm giving it six positions and it only has four positions open, well, then I want the bot to look for another opening to get into a position or to just continuously monitor to see if there is an opportunity to get into a position. So you can set these up as scanners. You can set them up as events where you schedule the bot to run at certain events in the future. So if you wanted to only run your macro trend bot and you wanted to only check positions every day at 12, you can do that. Or you can check it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 o'clock or Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 2.30 in the afternoon. Whatever you want, you can do it. In this case, I want this bot to continuously monitor for an opportunity to get into a position. It's a really simple bot. I always want to have exposure in this case towards the market if it's in an uptrend, and I want the bot to continuously watch and see if the market is in fact in an uptrend so that it can add a position. Now, before we jump into the automation rules themselves, let me just give you the high level strategy that I'm going after. And again, it's a very simple conceptual trend trading strategy. I generally want to buy stocks when they're above some thresholds of moving averages, some longer term moving averages, and not necessarily overbought at the time. And then I want to sell those stocks whenever they dip under those long term moving averages. Now, again, you can use whatever long term moving averages or combinations of moving averages you want. And we'll go through some of those examples here today on the show. But it's a very simple one buy stocks when they're in an uptrend, sell them when they're in a downtrend, as judged by some very classic moving average indicators. You can get really Really complex with this, or you can use this very, very simple. So the first scanner that I set up and basically the one that runs the entire bot itself, I just simply call strong uptrend for a stock position. Now, again, I'll just dovetail here and just continue to explain some of these things. You can see this on the demo when I go through it on these demos that usually last about two and a half, three hours sometimes with Q&A. But you can name all of your automations whatever you want, and you can save them to your little piggy bank of automations so that you can reuse them over and over again. In this case, I call this one strong uptrend with a stock position so that I know that this is a stock position automation and I'm specifically looking for a stock trend. I could name this automation one, two, three if I wanted to. And then I'd have to just look inside and see what it actually did. But naming your automations, and I think keeping these organized, I think is really critical because it allows you to know what these different automations do and how they manage different positions. Inside of the automation, I start with the decision. And this is really what's so cool about running automations in general is that you don't have to start with a decision. You could start with a position if you wanted to. In my case, I wanted to always start with a decision for this scanner because I want it to check some market data before it would potentially have the opportunity to enter a position. Now, in this case for this macro trend bot, I'm having it make 
two decisions actually, and go through two sets of market data before it continues down the path that could lead it to entering a position and buying stock. And the two decisions that I wanted to make are the following. One, I want to check to see if the 50-day moving average is above the 200-day moving average. Now, this is a very simple and again, very classic trend decision that I see a lot of people using. And so that's why I use it for this example. Check to see if the 50-day moving average is above the 200-day moving average. And you can do this right inside of the bot and use our recipes that allow you to do this with just natural language. You can adjust it and you can say, no, I want to use the 100-day above the 200-day or the 30-day above the 50-day. Whatever you want. Again, it's up to you. You can customize this as much as you want. In this case, for this bot, we're going to check to see if the 50-day moving average is above the 200-day moving average. But that's not the only thing that we're going to do. And the reason is, is because at that point, all we're checking is we're checking the position of the moving averages themselves, right? The 50-day moving average could be well above the 200-day moving average. But what happens if some new information comes out and the stock absolutely crashes or the ETF absolutely crashes lower? This would not necessarily capture that change in trend in and of itself, right? So if the 50-day moving average is above the 200, but the stock is on a 10% down move, it might take some time for those moving averages to recross below each other and basically give a signal not to enter the trend. So what I'm doing here is I'm layering another decision into this framework. Again, this is what I think is so cool. Like I get super giddy about this, just even talking about it because you can layer group these decisions together into really complex frameworks if you want to. You can make and or decisions, you can make and decisions with another group of and or decisions, and you can really stretch this out pretty far. In this case, I want to also check to see if the ticker's price is above the 200-day moving average. So I want to physically check and see if the price of the security is actually trading above the 200-day moving average. So two things have to be true And I made it an and decision, meaning that both of these things have to be true in order for it to continue down the yes path. And if both of these things are true, the 50-day moving average is above the 200 and the ticker's price is physically above the 200-day moving average, then it would continue down the yes path. Again, you can layer into these a bunch of different ones. This is just a very simple way you can do it. So down the yes path, I give it the opportunity now. The next thing that I add in my decision tree is that if those statements are true and this continues down the yes path, then I want to open a position. Now, here's where you can, again, define the symbol yourself. You can define it later. You can hard code it. You can make it a variable that you can reuse over and over again. And when it comes to how much equity you buy, you can define the number of shares and type it in and say, I want to buy 50 shares. Or what's really cool is we allow you to define it based on risk. So you can type in and say, I want to buy $5,000 worth of stock. So whatever the price is at that particular time, I want to buy $5,000 worth of stock, as much stock as I can possibly get for $5,000. This is what's really cool about being able to very specifically have these controls right inside of the platform. So you can always buy 50 shares if you want to. You can buy a share of stock if you want to. A lot of people have asked the question, like, how much money do I need to do this? Well, you could buy one share of stock and just trade one share of stock with a bot if you wanted to, right? But In my case, I just say, look, just buy 50 shares of stock. So maybe I don't care necessarily that the price is higher or lower. I want to just keep the allocations at 50 shares or 100 shares, but I just want to buy 50 shares of stock. Again, you can make your own judgment call as to what you want to do here. So that's it. That's exactly how this uptrend 
this strong uptrend with a stock position, automation works. It goes through one group of decisions, which are split into two little micro decisions that both have to be true. And only if those things are true, is it allowed to then enter a position to buy stock. If either one of those things are not true, then the automation simply ends and nothing happens. This is again, really cool. You can just let the automation end at the no path. You don't have to tell it to do something else. You could tell it to do something else and we'll show you how to do that in the next one that we go through here with options. It makes a different decision if it goes down the no path, but you can just let it end. You can just let it simply stop and not do anything, take no action. And what's amazing about this is now with this bot running all the time, it's constantly checking these parameters and it only takes action if the parameters are true. If the decisions that you wanted it to make end up being yes. Is the ticker's 50-day moving average above the 200? And is the ticker price above the 200-day moving average? And it's constantly checking this all the time, every day, throughout the trading day, for years and years into the future, if you wanted to, to make that decision for you. And if it never was true for that ticker, then it would never enter a position. It would just simply continue to check all the time, but never actually physically open a position. So now that we have the automation in place that is constantly looking for a position to enter, a position to buy stock when the stock is in an uptrend, however we define it, now we have to go in and we have to create an automation that manages the position moving forward. And this is what's really cool about what we can do now is the ability to set all of these new sets of decisions to tell us when we could possibly get out of the position. And it doesn't have to be one criteria. It could be multiple things that could cause us to get out at different points or at different profit-taking levels or different expiration periods. We can really, again, make this as complex or as simple as we want. And this example with this macro trend strategy with just stocks, we're going to make it really, really simple to start. And then we'll get a little bit more complex when we look at the next one with options. Now, before we jump into this, let me just dovetail into one other thing really quick. A lot of people have asked me, hey, Kirk, can I use the bots to stop all the trading or to exit all positions or to no longer enter positions if the market is in a downtrend. And the simple answer to that is sure, you could, because you could embed this trend decision that we just went through at the beginning of every automation that you use. You could run a very complex option strategy that requires all of these other decisions, RSIs or Bollinger Bands or MACDs, volume, liquidity, open interest, bid-ask spreads. But the first decision that it goes through could be a decision to see if the market is in an uptrend or a downtrend. And if the market's in a downtrend, it could stop the entire sequence of other decisions and automations from continuing down that path. So what's so cool about this is that you can use decisions and very broad ones like, is the market above its 200-day moving average as a threshold to stop all activity on all of the bots that you use? You just simply have to put that decision right at the front of the automation, make it go through that series of decisions first before it continues down any path. So this is what's really awesome about it. That's not just for use in a trend trading strategy. It could also be used as a macro indicator for anything you do in options trading. And again, this could be true of any decision that you want the bots to make. Now, getting back to our trend trading strategy here, we're going to spin up another automation that's a monitor. And so what monitor automations do is they essentially do what they sound like they do, which is it monitors existing positions. Now, you can set these monitor automations 
to watch specific position types that get entered, or you could set them to watch any position that gets entered in a bot. And you can be very specific with this or not if you want to. In this case, we can set a position type to say, hey, run this monitor automation anytime a new long equity position is opened. In future bots, as I'll show you here, you can set the monitor to run anytime a specific option strategy is, is opened. And this way, what you can do is you can let that monitor go through a specific series of decisions and actions that are specific to that type of position that you get into. So you might manage long equity positions completely differently than you manage an iron condor or a credit spread or a put spread versus a call spread. And each one of those strategies might have a very different framework for how you might take profits and when you might exit or adjust or change the position. So allowing the monitor to watch for specific types of positions and then sending it through a sequence of events is a really specific functionality that we knew everyone wanted, myself included, because I don't manage everything exactly the same. In this case, for this monitor action, I'm sending any long equity position. So anytime I'm long stock on this bot, I want it to go through what I call the uptrend manager. And the uptrend manager is nothing more than just, again, another series of automations and decisions that I want the bot to make for any position that's currently open. Now, remember, the monitor automation doesn't kick on until a position is opened in the bot. So if there's no positions opened in the bot, all that's happening is the scanner is running constantly to see if there's an opportunity to enter a position. As soon as there's an opportunity to enter a position, boom, the monitor automation fires up and starts watching that position. You could think of it as this little portfolio manager, this little bot that is sitting there glued to the screen all day, watching your positions for you, every single one of them individually. If there are different tickers, it watches each one individually for you, different positions, it watches each one for you individually to see if there's an opportunity to exit the position as defined by your logic that you build in your monitor automation. You tell the bot exactly what decisions to make and when it could or couldn't or doesn't enter or remove the position, when it hedges the position if needed, right? It could go through a lot of complex decisions to get to possible closes. And it doesn't have to be as simple as we're going to do this one here. We'll get more complex as we look at the next bot that we built, but it could be a simple decision. It could be a more complex set of decisions. Each different criteria could cause the bot to close the position. In this case, with our uptrend manager, all we're doing is we're checking to see if the ticker's price is below or above its 200-day moving average. That's it. So again, I mentioned that this is a very simple bot. It's a very simple strategy you can run with stocks. You can also run this with options. You can start to get more complex with this. But the decision that we're making here is we're just checking to see if the ticker's price is above the 200-day moving average. If the answer to that question is yes, which means that the ticker is still in an uptrend as we define it by 200-day moving average trend, then we do nothing. We leave the yes path empty. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't close the position. It doesn't make another decision. It just simply keeps the position open. Now, the beautiful thing about this is that it's constantly running, right? So during the day, every so often during the intervals, it's running constantly throughout the day to see if the market is still in an uptrend. You could think about it as just this bot that's sitting there going, is the market in an uptrend? Is the market in an uptrend? Is the market in an uptrend? And if it is, the answer to that question is yes, it does nothing. Keeps the position open, lets you let the stock continue to be held as long equity in your account. 
If the answer to that question is no, and if the ticker starts to dip and close or trade under or below its 200-day moving average, boom, it closes the position right away. So this is what's really cool about this. Again, it's a very simple automation, very simple way that you can manage this position. You're telling the bot just simply to close the position anytime that the ticker's price dips under the 200-day moving average. Now, you can, again, add some additional logic in here. You could say anytime that the price closes below the 200-day moving average and or if the 50-day moving average dips under the 200-day moving average. You could do a lot of different complex things here if you wanted to, or you can keep it very simple. In this case, we kept it very simple. The stock closes or trades under its 200-day moving average. Boom, we're out of the position, and we do not re-enter a position until the criteria from the scanner are met again, one of those being that the ticker's price has to be above its 200-day moving average. So once we have this automation in place and this monitor action is running and checking our positions, now we have a complete bot. We have a bot that is not only scanning for new entries, that has all the right capital and position limits that we set, it also is managing and monitoring positions for possible exits. Now we simply turn this bot on and let it run. Let it do its thing. No emotion involved now. We let the bot make all the decisions because we've already decided what levels and thresholds would allow us to buy stock or not buy stock. And we let the bot take over at that point. Now you can always run interference if you want to. And I tell people this all the time on the demos, but it's not that the bots have all the control to only enter and exit positions. If you want to run interference, you want to manually enter a position and then let the bot manage it. You could do that yourself. You could do some sort of hybrid trading where you get into the positions, but then you let the bot manage them. You could also run interference and say you have a profit on a position. You could take a profit and manually close the position, even though the stock may not be below its 200-day moving average, just because you want to run interference and close the position. So you manually close the position right from inside the bot. The new position opens up, and now it starts scanning for another opportunity to get into a new position. Again, you can do so much with this. There's so much flexibility here. And I know I keep harping on this, but it is. It's so flexible to do whatever you want. You can run the simple strategy in your account, use a very simple macro trend trading strategy, which again has been proven in a lot of research, not just by Option Alpha, but by a lot of institutions and funds that run this. And they run this in ETFs and strategies, and they do this for you in many cases, but they do it for a fee or it's wrapped up in a portfolio or whatever. You can do it yourself now if you want to, and just layer this very simple trend trading strategy right on top of anything that you do with stocks. All right, so enough with the simple strategies. Let's get a little bit more complex. Now we're going to switch gears here a little bit, and we're going to look at a new bot that we created called Trend Following with Spreads. Again, I just named it Trend Following with Spreads so that I know what the bot was doing. You can name it whatever you want. Essentially, the bot does all the same decision-making, except what it does is it enters different option positions when the stock is either in an uptrend or in a downtrend. So what I want to focus on here is not the trend decision because we've already kind of really hammered that home already. I think we've put a nail in that one going through the decisions on the last spot. It makes the exact same decisions for trend, 50-day, 200-day, et cetera, et cetera, for the stock, except the new thing that this does now 
is it starts to execute different option spreads based on if the stock is in an uptrend or downtrend. So let's assume that now we open up our new automation. And in this case, we call it a trend decision with spreads automation. So again, I know if I'm reusing this automation someplace else that I'm making a trend decision and I'm executing some spreads. You can call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter what you call it. I like to be a little bit more specific with how I label my automation so I can keep my portfolio organized. Once this goes through the trend decision, same one that we talked about before, then if the stock is in an uptrend, instead of buying long equity in the stock, instead I enter a short put spread. Now this is really cool because now you can start to do different things with your bots, right? If you're a stock trader, you can trade stocks. If you're an options trader, you can trade options. You can trade stocks and options in the same bot if you wanted to. In my case, if the stock is in an uptrend, I want to sell a short put spread, which is a bullish strategy. And I want to do it 45 days from expiration. I want to sell a 30 Delta and then buy the 10 Delta. And I just want to do one contract. Now you have the same level of control that you have with the equity position that we talked about earlier. You can specify the number of contracts or the number of spreads that you want to sell. You can also do it by risk. You can say, look, sell as many spreads as $5,000 would take. In this case, we just do it very simple for the demos. And in this case, for the podcast, you just do one contract, one spread. So sell the 30 Delta, buy the long put at the 10 Delta. So do that spread and just do one of them. And that's it. So if the stock's in an uptrend, I sell a put spread and I want to take a slightly bullish position with options instead of with stock. Now, naturally, I would like this position a little bit more as an options trader. I'm sure you would too if you're listening to this podcast because you don't have to buy stock at the current market price. You can sell a slightly out of the money put spread and try to take advantage of the stock moving higher, still giving it a little bit of a cushion such that if the stock was to move down, you'd be able to take this thing off for a profit, right? So one thing you can do here, and we didn't do this in this automation, but we do go through this on the demo with other bots that we build just to add more complexity. But I think it's worth noting here is that you don't always have to just open a position right away. What you could do is you could also add some filtering for these put spread opportunities. And that's what we call them because it's really just a trade opportunity that you're filtering. And you could filter by a dozen or more sets of criteria that you want to see in a put spread before you were to get into it. So for example, you could filter and check to see if the bid ask spread is less than five cents. You could check to see if the short put leg has more than a hundred contracts of open interest or has more than a thousand contracts of volume today or the Delta or the Theta or the Gamma or the Vega or the change or the whatever, or the mark price or the mid price. There's so many different things you can check. You can pre-screen and filter these opportunities before the bot would actually get into it. So it's not just that the bot just blindly opens a short put spread. You can be very specific and say, look, check the market to see if the short put spreads premium is giving us a return that's 33%, so one third the width of the strikes, and the bid ask spread is this, and the short strike volume is this, and the long strike open interest is this, and any other combination of things that you wanna do. Now, you can get really, again, very detailed with this if you want to. In this case, We'll just assume that we know it's a really liquid instrument that we're trading and we're fine just entering the short put spread and opening the position. So just as a reminder, if the stock is in an uptrend, judged by the same decisions that we used on the last one, we enter a short put spread. If the stock is not in an uptrend, meaning that the stock is in a downtrend, on the last spot, we didn't do anything. If the stock was in a downtrend, we just simply didn't enter a position. We didn't buy stock. We waited for it to be in an uptrend. 
In this case, because we're trading options, we can actually trade the fact that the stock potentially is in a little bit of a downtrend and moving lower, or at least maybe not moving higher. In this case, what I do is I have it make one additional decision before it gets into a trade. Now, this is where you can start to stack and layer decisions right inside of the decision tree and your automations. What I want to do in this case is I want to check to see if the stock reports earnings in more than 60 days. So if the stock reports earnings in more than 60 days, and if it's a ticker, then it would always be, yes, there's no earnings coming up, right? But if it's a stock that I'm trading like Apple or Amazon or whatever, I actually want to check and see if the stock reports earnings in more than 60 days. Because what I don't want to happen is I don't want to get into a position where I run into a situation where I'm trading through an earnings event that could send the stock dramatically higher, right? Through an earnings event. So if I'm entering a position where I'm going to trade the stock bearish or neutral to bearish, I want to check and see if the stock reports in more than 60 days. And if it doesn't report in more than 60 days, so less than 60 days, I don't want it to enter a position. So that's where I end the automation on that side. And that's where it would enter no position at all. If the ticker that I'm checking right now reports earnings in less than 60 days, don't do anything. Now notice we only do this additional level of decision-making only when the stock is in a downtrend. So we didn't do this on the other side when the stock is in an uptrend. If you wanted to also do this on the other side, you could do that as well. You could make another decision that says, check and see if the stock is reporting earnings in 45 days. Because again, you're trying to sell a 45-day put option spread or close to 45 days. So check and see if the stock reports earnings in 45 days. And we didn't do that here. But again, you can make it very customizable and flexible to what you want to do. If the case is that the stock does report earnings in more than 60 days, So basically, we've got a lot of time on our hands to make a trade and we're not going to interfere with earnings. It would continue down the yes path from that decision and it would enter a short call spread. Now, not only are we now executing a dynamic strategy, we're using the decision-making logic inside of the bot to either enter a short put spread or a short call spread. We can also define this short call spread to have very different sets of expirations, short and long legs, or even contract amounts if we wanted to and make this very specific to how we want to trade. In this case, I just use an example, which is, let's say I want to trade a 60-day to expiration short call spread. Notice when we did the short put spread, we were doing it 45 days to expiration or closest to. Now we're doing it 60 days to expiration. We're selling the 25 delta versus the 30 delta in the last example. And we're buying our long call leg at a 5 delta, again, versus the 10 delta in the short put spread example. So we have a completely different strategy with completely different sets of parameters based on where the stock is and how these decision logics are grouped together. So essentially, if the stock is in an uptrend, we sell a put spread. If the stock is in a downtrend and earnings are not on the horizon for the next two months, then we sell a call spread. That's it. It's the exact same logic for decision-making for the trend. It's just now applying it to a completely different set of strategies and parameters. And what's really awesome about this is now you can basically replicate a trend trading strategy and you could do it with options and start to layer these decisions in place. All right. So now that we have these scanners in place to look for potential option trades, could be put spreads, could be call spreads. It's all dictated and based on where the stock is in its trend or where the ticker is in its trend as judged by the automation that we set up. And we can build a bunch of these scanners to check a bunch of different tickers if we want to make trades potentially in all of these different tickers at the same time. 
Now, what's really cool here, and I'm going to totally geek out on this because I think this type of logic and the next thing that we're going to go through is truly one of the most unique things that we built into the platform. But now what we can do is we can set up two different types of monitors, monitor automations that watch for positions. Now, remember when we went through the stock example before, we only had one essential type of position that we could enter for that original bot, that macro trend with stocks. And that was to be long equity, just to buy stock. That was the only thing we could do. So when we set up the monitor automation, all we had to do was just check to see if the stock was no longer in an uptrend and it would sell the position. Now with this bot that we built here, with our trend following with spreads bot, it has the opportunity to enter two different types of strategies, either a put spread or a call spread. And what's amazing about this is now we can let these monitor actions specifically look for this type of strategy to be executed in the bot and then manage each of these types of strategies completely differently if we want to. And in this case, we did. So this is a little bit more complex, a little bit more advanced, but that doesn't mean that it's not something you could easily do in your own account when you start building bots. And by the way, for most of us, this is what we do logically. We walk through this process in our minds, but now we just have the ability to automate it. So what I've done is I've spun up two monitor automations. The first monitor automation checks to see if there's a position type that is a short call spread in the bot. So it would only trigger and would only start firing and monitoring only short call spread positions. Meaning if we had the bot only trading or if the bot started only trading short put spreads, this monitor automation would never run because it's only looking for short call spreads in the portfolio. But when it encounters a short call spread that's been opened, because maybe the stock is in a downtrend and doesn't have earnings coming up on the horizon, it runs it through a series of decisions to manage the position. Now, this series of decisions is pretty easy and we'll get more complex as we look at the put spread side, but I wanted to do the call spread side first because it is a little bit less complex than the put spread side. But this call spread manager goes through a series of decisions to choose when to close the position out. Now, notice I said that it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be multiple things that could cause the position to be closed, as you'll see. The first thing that I want to do is I want to check to see if I have a 25% profit. Now, again, this is one of the amazing things that we can do with automations where we can check the position's premium and see if it's gone down by 25% since the position was opened. Now, since we're selling a call spread, we want the premium to go down in value. So that would judge or that would basically describe a 25% profit. We could use this in the inverse and we could also layer on top of this if we wanted to use it as a stop loss. We could say, did the premium go up by 25%? That would be a 25% stop loss. In our case, we only want to first check to see if we have a 25% profit. Now, remember, these monitor actions are running constantly throughout the trading day. So it's literally sitting there all day while you're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing and kids are at school and dogs and cats are going crazy. It's just asking the position every time, do I have a profit? Do I have a profit? Do I have a profit? And the second it does have a 25% profit, boom, it executes a closing order. So that's the first layer that I have in this call spread manager. I want to check to see if I have a 25% profit. And if I do, then I want to close the position. But what happens if I don't have a 25% profit? Now going down the no path of this automation, if it's checking and it says, no, I don't have a 25% profit, do I want the automation to make another decision? Do I want it to check something else? And in my case, I want to see if the position expires in five days. 
So I add a new decision that says, okay, if I don't have a 25% profit, does the position expire in five days? Because maybe I've traded this thing again 60 days out and it's constantly checking for a profit and it never had a profit. But now we're into the week of expiration. I can tell it, hey, if it expires in five days and the answer to that question is yes, the position expires in five days, close the position. So what's great about this is now you can make and I say this because it's just mind-blowing that we haven't been able to do this ever before, you can make an automation go through seemingly complex, but actually very logical how you would normally do it anyway, decisions and when to close the position. And it could be based on profit. It could be based on, in this case, maybe the trend. You could also use trend. Is the stock now in an uptrend? That could also be a reason to close it. We didn't do it here, but you could do it. You could do it based on whatever you want. In this example, I just check to see if there's a 25% profit. If not, I check to see if the position expires in five days. If it does, I close. If the position doesn't expire in five days and the automation ends there, then it just keeps the position open until it expires in five days or less than five days. And if it does, then it closes the position. So I have a completely automated management strategy in place for my call spreads. I never have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about coming in and checking to see if it's got a profit. I don't have to come in and worry about checking to see if it's the week before expiration. I can build all of that into the automation very easily right inside of option alpha. So those are call spread positions. Again, it's only looking for positions that are call spreads and it goes through that specific logic. Now, what happens with put spreads? Well, put spreads, we build up a different monitor automation That again, specifically is looking for short put spread positions. So this thing doesn't run unless it's a put spread position. And we run it through a different series of logic that we call the put spread manager. Again, you can name this automation, whatever you want. Now, this one is a little bit more complex. So let's take our time with it. And I would say it even seems complex, but it's not because again, it's very logical. You go through a lot of these decisions in your own mind, right? You just make these judgment calls ad hoc here and there as you're watching positions. But now we can just build out this logic into automations and let the bots manage the positions moving forward. So this put spread manager starts very similar to how the call spread manager started. It checks to first see if we have a profit. To me, this is always the easiest way to go, right? The first decision you want these managers to make in most cases is you want to check to see if you have a profit. In our case, we want to see if the premium on the put spread decreased by 50% since the position was opened. Again, which would suggest that we have a 50% profit. Since we're selling options, we want the premium to go down in value. If it goes down in value by 50%, then we want to close the position. So the first thing that it checks every time it runs all day throughout the trading day is do I have a 50% profit? Notice immediately that I'm using the same decision logic, but with a little bit of customization. The call spread manager checks for a 25% profit. The put spread manager checks for a 50% profit. You can make them the same. You can make them different. You could make it a 52% profit if you wanted to. You just define what that is. So the first thing it does is it checks to see if there's a 50% profit. If there is, closes the position. What if I don't have a profit? Well, now I want to check to see if the position expires in 15 days. So you might be thinking to yourself, well, the last one checked to see if the position expired in five days and then closed, but I don't just want to close the position at 15 days. I just want to know that I'm 15 days from expiration because at 15 days from expiration, essentially three trading weeks, I might be willing to see if I have a different set 
of criteria in place to take a profit. So now if the position expires in 15 days, which means I'm semi running short on time, I want it to recheck the position and see if the premium has gone down by 25% since it was opened. So think about this just logically for a second. So forget the decision tree, forget the steps and the yes, no paths, whatever. All I'm telling the bot to do is take a profit of 50% if you have a profit of 50%. And if you're 15 days from expiration, maybe I'm willing to take a smaller profit. I might not have had a 50% profit, but I'm asking the bot to check and see if I have a 25% profit. And if I do, and I'm inside 15 days, then I close the position. So inside of 15 days, I check for a 25% profit. And if I have it, I close the position. What if I'm not inside 15 days now? What if the answer to that question is no? So I don't have a profit. I'm still far out from expiration. Remember, I entered this position around 45 days. So it could be 30 days. It could be 17 days from expiration, anything more than 15 days. Now I want to check another thing that would happen, right? Now I want to make another series of decisions. I want to ask the bot to check and see if the underlying price of the security I'm trading is below my long put strike. So this is pretty clever. Now you can check strikes and legs of options anytime you want inside of these managers. In this case, I'm checking to see if the underlying price is below my long put strike. And if it's below my long put strike, which means that I'm really being challenged on this position. So I sold a put spread. I sold the 30 delta. I bought the 10 delta put. And now the underlying price is below my long 10 delta put strike, which means I'm really being challenged on this position. If the answer to that question is yes, I can choose to close the position. I could choose to close the position and reopen another position, essentially roll the contracts to the next month. I could close the existing position and open another put spread 60 days out from today. That would essentially execute a roll strategy. I could choose to open a call spread position and convert the contracts over into an iron butterfly or iron condor. I could open a SPY long put. I could hedge the position with some other product not associated with the ticker. But what's amazing about the ability to check this stuff and build the logic into it is that you can basically determine what happens if you get challenged, however you define being challenged, on a position. In our case, we just say, look, you could open an SPY long put. You could hedge the position temporarily because now maybe the market's moving down and you never had a profit. You're not 15 days before expiration. Clearly don't have a 25% profit because you're not 15 days from expiration. So maybe open a long put or open a short call spread, do something to hedge the position. But let's assume that that now is not the case. So if we check and see if the position's underlying price is below the long put strike and it's not, so we're not really being challenged, we continue down the no path because the answer to that question is no. Now I check to see if the position expires in two days. So now here's where I start to again, build in the logic of expirations and days to expiration. And now if none of these things have been true so far, and we get all the way to the end and it's two days or three days or five days, whatever you define, I say two days, two days before expiration, close the position. That's it. So in this particular example with this put spread manager, I have defined multiple ways to not only close the position for different profits, but to also watch and monitor for triggers on adjusting or exiting or hedging the position, all wrapped up into one automation. How amazing is that, that we can actually do that now? Now, remember, you do this 
in your own mind already. You're making these judgment calls as you get towards the week of expiration. You're logging in. You're looking at your accounts. You're looking at your positions going, well, am I challenged on this? Do I have a profit? How close am I to expiration, right? You're thinking through all these decisions yourself. I'm just trying to get them offloaded from your mind to free up your time and your space and your mental capacity to just let the bots manage these because these decisions are easy for an automation technology and a bot to manage. It can go through this logic as long as you define it. So in this case, the put spread manager is a little bit more complex. As we talked about, I told you we'd get a little bit more complex on this podcast, but you could continue down this in multiple different ways. You could build out some pretty elaborate decisions. You could check to see if you're 15 days, then 10 days, then five days. And each of those different expiration periods have multiple other sub decisions and things that it could do. You could check the volume, the delta, the moving averages, some indicators. You could layer these in here wherever you want. Truly, it is limitless as far as flexibility and scale of what you could do. It's up to your own creative imagination, your mind, the way that you trade your strategy, which is how we wanted to build it. So now that we have our managers and automations built in to watch positions, now we just simply turn it on and we let the bot do what it needs to do. We've thought through everything. We know when we're going to get into positions. We've built out the logic of how we're going to manage positions. It's now a little bit more complex than a regular trend trading with stocks bot, but it's not that bad. And now what we can do is we can use this bot across whatever tickers or whatever symbols we want. We can replicate it and trade it in different areas and tweak little parts of it if we want to. We can clone this bot or use it as a template and we let the bot do the heavy lifting for us all the decision-making, all the monitoring of positions, the expiration dates, earnings, trends, indicators, anything that you want, you just offload that decision-making to the bots. Because what it allows you to do is allows you to focus on the strategy component. It allows you to focus on what goes in there versus actually the clunky process of monitoring all those things and letting your emotions get the best of you at times where you start to see the stock dip under a moving average or hit some sort of threshold for profit. And you remember those times where you just, you don't take a profit, but you should, or you don't adjust a position, but you know you should, or you missed an opportunity because you weren't at your phone or weren't at your desk, or you were helping your kids with their homework now that we're in the world of COVID and all the kids are being homeschooled, right? This is why this is the perfect opportunity to start offloading all this decision-making to bots. And we can build out hundreds and hundreds of these templates. And I know people will. And I'm really excited to see all the templates that you frankly build out. Somebody emailed me just this morning as I was recording this. And there's a strategy inside the forum right now that people are using all the time. And I didn't know what this strategy is and they have this crazy name for it. And so someone emailed me basically all the sets of decisions for this. And they're like, hey, this is what it does. And I emailed back and I was like, hey, you know what? This is a great bot to build out. You should go in there and build out this template for it. Go in there and build a template, then share it with everyone so that everyone can see how this runs. And some people might clone it and use it exactly the same. Some people might clone it and tweak things to make them a little bit more specific to how they trade. But the beautiful thing about using bots and templates and this whole framework moving forward, truly why I think this disrupts an entire industry and changes the way that we trade forever is because now that we have the ability to reuse automations and templates, I don't have to explain this process to you. You can just look at the template, clone the template, and make a tweak if you want to. Make a couple tweaks and tweak the whole thing. Tweak 90% of it and keep the 10% that you like. I think a lot of people, in this case, would take one of our 
for example, this trend following spreads bot. And they might say, I like everything this does, except the fact that it uses a 200-day moving average. I like to use a 100-day moving average. Great. So you make one tweak to the strategy, to the template itself, to the core functionality, and reuse everything else. Some people might say, I don't want to use a 200-day moving average. I want to use a 100-day moving average. And I like to take profits all the time at 25%. So they tweak the template to a 100-day moving average, and they make everything profit-taking at 25%. They don't make a judgment call to say, take 50% or 25% if I'm 15 days from expiration. It's all 25%. But you don't have to relearn all of this stuff anymore. You can tweak and adjust these strategies moving forward, and that is the power of what we can do with automation. And that's why it's so cool, and that's why you've got to get on this. This is no longer going to be a thing that's, oh, that was nice to have, and yeah, I should have signed up for that. Nope. This is going to be the new standard moving forward because once everyone gets in there and starts using this, this is going to be the disruptive technology that you're going to be forced to adopt in the future, whether you like it or not. I've said on demos before, how many people before, and I know my dad was one of these, it was like, I'll never be on Facebook. I'll never have a smartphone, right? I'll never, people are even saying before, like, I'll never have Netflix. I'll never have Disney Plus or streaming services or whatever. We all say this, but then eventually technology comes in and forces us to adopt to the new standard. This is going to be the new standard for retail trading is to use automation to make smarter decisions to improve the accuracy and the execution of all the strategies that you want to trade and to frankly free up your time so that it focuses your attention on the things that require your intervention as a human. Because automation does not in and of itself solve problems, right? It doesn't solve the problem of strategy. You still have to use a great strategy. You still have to do the research and do the backtesting and figure out what strategies or what combinations of strategies work for you. I'm not saying we're solving that problem. What we're trying to solve is we're trying to solve the problem of time and execution and clunkiness in executing strategies, right? I want to give you back more of your time so that you can focus not on logging in and checking RSI and checking trend and making the calculation of 25% profit or 50% profit, or if I'm 10 days or two days from expiration, or if earnings are 60 days or 30 days out, that is inefficiency. You can offload all of that decision-making to something else. What you should be focusing your time on is what strategies do I trade? How much do I allocate? What tickers do I use? When do I make decisions with my positions? When do I exit? When do I not exit? That's what your brain power is really good at doing. That's what you need to focus your attention on. Now, again, if you really enjoyed this today, you want to see a demo and we go through some other bots that we build out as well, head on over to optionalpha.com slash demo. You can join me for a demo. We've only got a couple of these demos left before we start transitioning and helping people who are in there getting beta access. So if you want to see a demo of this before you make your decision, you want to watch a recording of it or whatever, head on over to optionalpha.com slash demo. I hope this did really help out today though. I hope it helped create some new ideas spur some creativity in your mind on all the things that you could do with automations and bots. This was just the tip of the iceberg. 
I wish we could have gone through all of the different recipes and different decisions that the bot can go through. But we started today with some pretty simple decisions that you can build in. And again, there are so many different ways you can combine these things, different recipes and decisions for checking things and market data that I just couldn't get through today. So please head on over, watch one of the demos, join a demo with me later this week or next week, and get your questions answered about the new auto trading platform. Again, all the show notes will be over at optionoff.com slash show 197. So you can get all the links there as well. Again, optionoff.com slash show 197. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, this question is coming from Tristan um, from Canada. I just started trading recently and have been having some success. I've watched a lot of your videos and uh, read a lot of your PDF guides, and I really like the methodology behind it. It makes a lot of sense to me. I'm a huge numbers person. One thing that I have a question about, though, is for pricing options, and it's to do with like pot odds. So if I'm going to win a stock nine out of 10 times, but on that 10th time, the lose is huge, then even though I win nine times, is it enough to make up for that one loss? And how do I make sure that the positions that I'm getting into aren't setting me up for a loss, even though they have a high probability of winning? I mean, if my position has a 75% chance of winning, and when I win, it's $10, but when I lose, it's $100, then in the long scheme, I lose money over an extended period of time, even though my win rate was high. And in theory, in a fair and efficient market, this shouldn't happen where really the percent chance of winning should always be fairly close to the risk reward payoff for it. And I get that there's an edge from implied volatility overstating historical volatility, but how can you make sure as a trader that when you're going into these, you're not setting yourself up for a loss off the start? Thanks. Hey, Tristan. Thank you so much for submitting your question here. I think this is a really good question. Let me just add my context to it because I don't think there's a specific answer to this, but let me just tell you how I think about this. One, I think you should go back and check out. And if you haven't, or if you've already listened to it for anybody who's listening now, go back and listen to show 195, where we talk about the short-term performance of long-term strategies, because this really gets to the heart of this question, which is that sometimes you could have a strategy that's really good. That is a loser, let's say one out of 10 times. And just for that short period of time, kind of negates all of the profits that it had or overrides all the profits that it had the nine out of 10 times. So that could happen. And it could be condensed to a short period of time that the strategy in and of itself is not bad. It's just too short of a time period or too small of a sample size. Besides that though, this is where I think that backtesting research definitely come into play. Now, of course, backtesting has its drawbacks in and of itself, right? Most of the time it uses end of the day data. It's not totally accurate as to what will happen in the future because we don't know what will happen in the future. But as far as making sure that we're 
aiming in the right direction and we're shooting at the right targets, backtesting gives us a little bit more comfort into understanding what strategies generally have a positive expected outcome. And that I think is where a lot of people have to start. So if you find that you're trading a strategy where one time out of 10 trades that you make overrides and overshadows all of the profits, that's because that strategy doesn't have a positive expected outcome. And as you rightly pointed out, it could be a strategy that wins 90% of the time, but the 10% that it loses overrides everything else. This is just an expectancy issue. It's an issue with the combination of wins and losses and quantities of wins and losses on either side causing a negative expected outcome. So what I would look for if I were you and what I look for in strategies, and particularly I walk through this on show 195, is I look for strategies that have a positive expected outcome, that have the expectancy that would generate profits long-term. It might go through a series or a sequence of drawdowns, but the long-term expectation is that more times than not, whatever the win rate and combination of dollars won and lost are, it would generate a net positive return for the portfolio and for that strategy. So I think that's what you have to look for. I don't think there's one answer to say, how do I make sure that I'm not setting myself up for a loss? Because strategies can change and edges can start to dwindle and start to be compressed in the future. But I think if you start with the research and the education and the data behind why you're trading a strategy versus just blindly trading it, I think that sets you up for success much better moving forward. And again, just keep in mind, great strategies can go through periods of underperformance just because of how the distribution of returns work. It doesn't mean that they're broken, but you should always check to see if it's a good strategy that you have in place. So again, thank you so much for asking your question. If you want to get your question answered here on the podcast, simply head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask, click the big red button in the middle of the screen, just like Tristan did, and leave me a private voicemail. Again, there's no software to download or install, and it's incredibly easy. So let's get into the closing bell segment where we're going to talk about a new trade that we're making today in X. LV. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, new trade that we're making today is actually an XLV, and this is an adjusting trade to an existing position that we have. And the reason I want to go through this is because one, we usually do this anyway, but two, you can actually do this with automations and with bots now if you want to. We've talked about this in other podcasts, but it's again worth repeating, but you can use bots just like we walk through today to set triggers to make adjustments to existing positions that you have. In this case, we had originally sold a call spread in XLV. We sold the 108, 113 call spread. We sold three contracts. This was a $5 wide spread. We sold three contracts for $118. So what we were trying to do is we were trying to give ourselves a little bit of bearish exposure in case XLV, which is a healthcare ETF, started to move sideways or down. Well, since then, since our original entry that we got into, XLV has continued to move higher. So the market's kind of rebounded here. XLV has moved higher and it's moved up to around 108. So basically it's starting now to breach our short call strike on this particular spread. Now the breach of that short call spread strike could be one of the triggers that you could use to make an adjustment or hedge or do something with the position inside of the bots as we looked at today in the example. 
In our case, what we did here is we sold the 108-103 put spread once the call option got breached. So now that the stock has moved up, now our assumption here is, hey, we might be a little bit wrong in our assumption that maybe the stock is going down or at least the market's not being favorable to us right now. So now we're going to sell the opposing put spread, the 108-103 put spread. Notice it's $5 wide as well. We did three contracts, so everything's even and balanced as far as risk is concerned. There's no additional margin required on this. And we sold that put spread for $1.58. So by doing that, and that's basically the trade we did today, just the adjusting trade of selling the 108-103 put spread, by doing that, we've now increased more than doubled the premium that we had collected initially, which widens out our break-even points in case XLV continues to go higher, we lose less money on the call side, we've given up the opportunity, obviously, to have this wide window to catch it in if it goes down, but we're okay doing this at this point because now the stock is challenging us. Now we need to manage the position a little bit better. We need to reduce risk. So that's why we're doing it. Again, you don't have to do it this way. You can choose to do it a different way if you want to, but that's how we're doing this position. So today's trade here is an adjustment. We're selling the put spread, the opposing put spread to convert this thing into an iron butterfly, increase the credit. We keep all the risk metrics the same. We're not increasing the risk, just the credit, which actually reduces the risk in the position and reduces the amount of money if we lose and XLV continues to move higher. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, that's a wrap for this week's podcast episode here at Option Alpha. But before you go, please keep the conversation going. Please connect with us on your favorite social media platform. Let us know what questions, ideas, or thoughts came to mind after listening to today's show, especially any ideas or thoughts or creative ways that you think you could use the bots moving forward. Let us know. Add them to the wishlist, optionalpha.com slash wishlist. That's where everyone's suggesting things. Our developer team is going in there, seeing what we can implement right away, adding things to our roadmap that's the best place to get your ideas and your feedback is on the wishlist optionalpha.com slash wishlist now again just as a reminder if you're listening to this podcast right now you have eight days left to get lifetime access at the elite level it is going up at the end of the month the price increases for elite level lifetime access and then at the end of next month it goes away completely so if you have any questions at all if you're interested in elite level access let us know shoot us an email team at option alpha or you can check out all the info that we have on our beta page beta.optionalpha.com as always i truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to help you consistently play smarter more profitable trades. Until next time, happy trading.